Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For those of you yet to do so already, be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite platform of choice. We're available wherever you are, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and Megaphone. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news, analysis, and NHL talk. On tonight's episode, we're going to be taking a bit of a break from the Winnipeg Jets talk just because there's not a whole lot to discuss. The only news is that Christian Veselainen and a couple of other guys got demoted back to the Manitoba Moose on account of it being the NHL All-Star game, so, you know, guys kind of need a break and... The AHL will still keep going on while the uh, NHL All-Star Game is going on. So their season hasn't stopped, which means guys like Veselainen do still need ice time. The only thing that I will say about all of that is it's super weird that the Jets never actually played Veselainen, despite the fact that Maurice claimed he was going to. Again, I kind of feel like at this point, if I have any expectations for this team, it's that it's going to disappoint me somehow, because... That's all they've been doing recently. Veselainen has had a bit of an up-and-down season, but it's not exactly like the guys that he'd be replacing are doing all that well either. If you can look me in the eye and tell me that Gabriel Bork is a better choice than Veselainen, I honestly don't know what to say. So, with that in mind, we're going to kind of take a bit of a break from the Jets talk just because, again, there's not going to be any games for the next couple of days. They have some time off, so... This is kind of the opportunity for us to have a little bit of fun with this. Given that, I thought it might be fun to talk about some of my favorite hockey movies, which there are a few of them. Uh, and even though like hockey itself is kind of a niche sport as far as, as far as like mass media is concerned, there are some decent films out there. Some of them that are actually pretty um, well known across all sorts of fandoms, whether they're sports fans, hockey fans, movie fans, you name it. Just, just people like them in general. The more broad and appealing the story is to multiple audiences, the more likely it is that it's on the public consciousness for obvious reasons. The most well-known of these, of course, is going to be Miracle, which is the story of the 1980s Olympics team, uh, the U.S. men's ice hockey team, which were comprised of, I think, mostly college kids and stuff who had never actually played professional hockey before. I am going to spoil it a little bit and say that the U.S. did, in fact, win this tournament, uh, and, and obviously... That is only part of the story. What the U.S. did behind head coach Herb Brooks and a basically rebuilt organization for the U.S. men's hockey team was nothing short of unprecedented. At the time, the NHL All-Stars and some of the other professional North American leagues were routinely getting embarrassed by the Russian national team. The Russians had a very rigorous, structured program that was totally different than what any North American programs were doing. And so, every time the U.S. ever played these teams, they totally got smashed. The movie of Miracle slightly dramatizes certain parts of this whole process. I mean, this is supposed to be like a Hollywood blockbuster coming from Disney. So, again, they do take some liberties with the story. But generally speaking, this is a very compelling film with good acting, a good story, a fascinating historical background, and uh, some actually pretty decent ice hockey action. As far as, you know, uh, films about this whole miracle process, this is the only live-action, fictionalized account of that story that exists. I think the only other ones are probably documentaries and TV specials. For a big-budget blockbuster movie, it's a fantastic film and one that I think you'll probably enjoy, especially if you have any interest in the story or just, in general, hockey or good feel-good sports movies. Miracle's a great film, and uh, you can find it on pretty much every platform these days. For those who are wanting something a little less serious and perhaps a little bit more, shall we say, crass, Goon is up your other alley. Much like the name of the movie itself, Goon is about this guy who's something of a happy-go-lucky bar, you know, bar enforcer, uh, a bit of a bouncer who doesn't really have a direction in life. And, you know, he's 
in a small town. There's not a whole lot that goes on. But one of his friends does like a talk show thing that's very crass. I can't repeat what he said on it, but, you know, it's a funny thing. It's like a parody of New England sports shows and, and sports fandom, so be prepared for that. And, uh, you know, the local attraction is a small minor league hockey team that basically gets its butt kicked every time it goes out on the ice. So our main character, Doug Glatt, decides that, well, he's going to try out for the team after he punches a guy who was kind of insulting him and impresses everyone with the fact that he can actually fight while he's standing on skates, even though he can't actually do everything else. Goon is a gritty, silly, kind of, you know, it, well, it is a hard R film for a lot of reasons, um, but it, it tends to embrace some of the, I guess, seedier parts of the hockey culture, but also parody and make fun of it. It's definitely not a film that takes itself particularly seriously. So if you're looking for um, a deeper examination of, of goonery and hockey fighting, this isn't that film. This is one that embraces blood and guts and jokes about guys and drugs and stuff. So it's not exactly like uh, a partic particularly serious in-depth film. Because most of the comedy tends to be in a lot of character beats and stuff, you don't really have to like hockey or fighting in order to enjoy this film. Some of the jokes are uh, a little bit edgy, but I think for most hockey audiences, they probably will embrace this film more than anything. It's definitely one that most people have seen by now, especially for those who have actually sat through Slapshot. Goon is definitely kind of a dying breed in terms of sports, comedies, and films. They really don't make films like these anymore. Even You know, it's not exactly old, but it has been about... I don't know, nine or ten years, give or take. So you can tell that, generally speaking, these films don't get made, and comedies about hockey are extremely limited. There is a, a sequel that I have yet to see, but I haven't really heard anything good about it, which is not exactly surprising. I generally think that uh, Goon's success is kind of one of those one-time deals where once you watch it and you kind of see it's all, all of its tricks and stuff, it's not really going to surprise you again. This is the kind of film that you don't necessarily need to rewatch. But for the one time that you watch it, it is kind of funny. If nothing else, it has a ton of crass jokes and a bunch of uh, fights and hits and stuff. And there are a couple of actual references to real-life hockey occurrences, some of which are less savory than others. It does, however, have Lieb Schreiber as a really nasty, nasty guardian uh, who kind of, well, basically paralyzes somebody on the ice. So if you've ever had some weird desire to see that, it's in here. It's obviously referencing the Bertuzzi incident, but... That is probably not the, the most positive thing to consider. Generally speaking, those are some of the more well-known uh, Hollywoodized hockey movies. There are a couple of others that we're going to talk about briefly, um, one of which is a, considered a classic, but in general, these other ones I am less likely to recommend unless you haven't seen them before and you need to see it for the first time. As far as classic films go, I think the first one that you have to watch is probably Slapshot. And if you've never seen it, it's Paul Newman doing Paul Newman. If you've never seen a Paul Newman comedy, yeah, I mean, you're in for... Well, let's just say that some of the jokes from back then were, for obvious reasons, a little bit on the uh, the less politically correct side. As far as Slapshot goes, it's about a, a small-town guy who basically figures out that he can just pound the other team and beat them into submission, and that's that's how they're going to win games. Newman's character is something of a, a slacker who doesn't also seem to have much of a direction in life. You can tell that Goon was heavily inspired by some of the stuff in Slapshot, including the Hanson brothers, who are, for the most part, like the, I guess, the mascots of this film. I, don't, I think anyone who's ever seen the guys in the glasses with the blood coming down their face probably knows the iconic image that it was pulled from. People who haven't actually seen Slapshot know the Hanson brothers just because they're sort of a pop culture phenomenon, or, or were at the time, and are still pretty well known as far as um, historical 
characters in sports films. What is actually interesting about those guys is a couple of them played professional hockey, and one of them actually played here in Baltimore back when I think the the Skipjacks were around. Yeah, I think it was the Skipjacks. I think the the hockey team is called the Johnstown Chiefs in the film, which is loosely based on a real team that still exists, just not in that format at all. But one of the Hanson brothers actually played for that franchise, which might have been called the Johnstown Jets at the time, maybe? Not 100% sure. But, you know, Paul Newman himself wasn't really a, uh, a hockey player, but he definitely had a reputation as being... Um, for anyone who's never actually watched his films, he was he did a lot of westerns and, and comedies and stuff, but his true passion was actually auto racing. That was the thing that he loved doing the most. In many ways, Newman was kind of a down-to-earth guy when it came to sports and stuff. He just wanted to be one of the one of the drivers and sort of kind of relax and, and and participate in the sport as you actually would work your way up from you know say a low professional pro am level all the way up to the professional level where he actually excelled in quite a few uh, instances and races. He kind of brought that same sort of attitude to the Slapshot film, where he's very down-to-earth, but obviously down-to-earth by 80s or 70s standards, probably not appropriate these days. But as as a historical touchstone for hockey films, it's one that you probably have to watch. You also should probably see The Mighty Ducks from Disney. This one is a lot more family-friendly. Um, for obvious reasons, it's a kid's film, but... It's one of the most well-known hockey films for all age groups. It came out when I was a kid, and it's funny because I actually have trouble remembering some of the specific plot points. But basically, the gist of it is, much like all of these other films, an underdog group of misfit kids bands together and has to take on some really tough opponents in their quest to do... I don't even remember what their goal was. Maybe to win some local championship? That's usually how most sports films go, especially in the Disney ilk. But... Mighty Ducks is one that's, you know, culturally well-known by pretty much everyone because it's a Disney film, and it has a lot of iconic moments and characters. It's also one of the few hockey films that you can watch with your family and probably not blush too much. Miracle, also safe for kids. Goon and Slapshot, not not exactly on that spectrum. We'll put it that way. Uh, And Mighty Ducks actually has a ton of sequels. Most of them weren't that good, but uh, obviously you can still find influences of the Ducks in Anaheim. At one point, the Anaheim Ducks were actually called the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, and I believe were owned by Disney, although I don't think that that relationship still exists. But, yeah, I mean, they even wore similar jerseys and had the had the mask design that you can still find on um, some of Anaheim's alternate jerseys. What's kind of amusing to consider is that the Anaheim Ducks are more like all of the rival teams that the Mighty Ducks played against in the movies, because a lot of those players are just kind of not that nice, man. When they still had Corey Perry on the roster, oof, not good. And Ryan Getzlaff has a bit of a nasty edge himself. All of those guys are a little on the harder side, so it's kind of funny that they adopted the personage and and branding of a team that was noticeably friendlier than what the real Anaheim Ducks were. This last film is one that you may not have actually seen. It's Mystery Alaska, and of the hockey films that have come from Hollywood, it's probably one of the the least highly regarded. In general, I don't think it's all that good. Uh, I mean, it has kind of an interesting concept of this small town in Alaska that you know, really is known for its weekend hockey, and that's about it. And so these guys have these uh, very interesting, distinctive, vintage um, brown and and chocolate-colored jerseys that they wear out, which is probably one of the most recognizable things from the film, aside from the actors. But again, it kind of draws on this small-town sports underdog theme that a lot of these films tend to have, which I kind of think is like some sort of weird Canadian thing that's constant in, in, like, all of these hockey films. 
Everyone loves an underdog story, but I feel like hockey movies tend to only have underdog stories, which is fine. It's it's just kind of funny because it's always about the gritty, hardworking guys, and, you know, occasionally they kind of gloss over the skill parts of the game. It's always about the, you know, guys who grind in the corners, get into fights, have all the tough guy stuff. It's like a very romanticized interpretation of hockey, which is kind of funny when you compare it against um, what the NHL actually looks like today. If I had to rank all of the previous films I just talked about, I'd probably have Miracle first, Slapshot maybe second, tied with Goon, and then Mighty Ducks is right there with that crop, although I, I just don't remember a whole lot about it. It's been many years since I've actually sat through watching D1, D2, and D3, but uh, those, were, those were pretty decent. Um, actually, some of them were great, especially Miracle, and, and parts of Goon are actually pretty good. Mystery, ugh, not my favorite film. It is what it is. It's one of those films where you can kind of see it once, don't have to see it again. It's not that special. There are a couple of comedic moments, but in general, I think the main thing is mild spoiler alert, but there's a cameo from the New York Rangers because this this town has to play against that team as part of some exhibition thing. If I recall correctly, a, a significant portion of the Rangers roster is actually present for this film and actually playing like a fake version of the hockey game there, so... It's kind of a neat little Easter egg for NHL fans from that decade, but beyond that, not too many reasons to actually sit through that film. Your choices for decent Hollywoodized NHL and and general hockey movies are unfortunately quite limited, and those that are around are generally either on the older side or probably not ones that you can watch with your family. Should add that Mystery Alaska's on the not-so-family-friendly list for a variety of reasons, but... You know, if you've got a late night, it is an okay film to sit through for, I don't know, if you've got like two hours to blow. On the more serious side of things, I think Red Army is going to be one of the top documentaries that you have to watch. Red Army takes a very broad socio-political examination of the Russian men's hockey team. It examines everything from like the, the opponents that the Miracle team faced to the entire essentially Cold War era program that was fueling Russia's desire to put themselves on an international stage through uh, Olympic and, and non-Olympic competitive sports. The truth about Olympic and international competitive sports is that oftentimes it's it's sort of a nationalist propaganda tool. That's not necessarily a bad thing in some scenarios, but in the case of like the Rus- the Soviet-Russian program, it was a little bit darker, and well, actually a lot of bit darker in, in many respects, and a lot of the players were under immense pressure to conform and adapt to this program. The Soviets always felt a lot of pressure to be thoroughly represented and, you know, given a lot of respect on the international stage, so they put a lot of their athletes through uh, a whole variety of, of stressors, uh, oppressive atmospheres, a bit of, a bit of you know backdoor spying and espionage on their own players. It was just a grueling experience to be part of this program, and I'm sure that a lot of the guys would still say that it was an honor to serve their country in many respects, but on the other hand, the stuff that the Soviets did as part of these recruitment and training programs, ugh, it was pretty it was pretty rough. I mean, the Cold War for obvi- you know, for many reasons was an extremely tense time and that was very true in international sporting too. Unfortunately, it was the players and athletes who were either conscripted into these programs or recruited through, you know, a couple of sweet words and stuff, or kind of, you know, forced into it, uh, that ultimately they paid some of the prices more than, you know, anyone else. On a related thematically heavier note, Ice Guardians is a really well, well-known, well-established, and generally well-regarded documentary about, well, enforcers in hockey. 
as the years go on and we tend to understand a bit more about the impact of CTE, which is, you know, repeated traumas to the brain that essentially create scar tissue, we tend to understand that in stuff like fighting, fighting and enforcing for a variety of reasons is no longer uh, a focus in hockey. For one thing, people always say that it deters dirty play and stuff, but generally speaking, it hasn't really been shown to have any sort of statistical impact on deterrence. Guys are going to still make dirty plays and bad hits in the corners and stuff because when you're on the ice and you've got a ton of adrenaline and energy, you're going to tend to make some really bad decisions. Fighting doesn't really solve that, but it does put the actual combatants at additional risk for, you know, stuff like concussions, um, CTE, other sorts of health issues that we may not even be aware of. A lot of guys who have gone through fights and, and done it repeatedly have have unfortunately become victims of substance abuse and depression because, you know, a lot of them get addicted to like narcotics and alcohol and stuff to kill some of the lingering pain, and the you know brain damage and traumatic injuries that they have suffered can affect their neurochemistry as well as their traumatic experiences as actually having been part of these fights. There's a lot of stuff that we don't really fully understand, and I I wouldn't want to say too much about it just because I myself am not deeply educated on the issue, but. Generally speaking, I think we're more aware of it than we used to be, and so that's why a film like Ice Guardians is sort of an interesting insight into the culture, and ultimately some of the consequences of this stuff. Speaking of films that are a bit timely, I think the last one that I have yet to see but has still been on my list is Hello Destroyer. This one came out a few years ago before, well, all of the stuff around the, the abuse situation with Bill Peters and a lot of the NHL coaches started breaking out this year. Hello Destroyer, which is a, a fictional account, basically follows the the life and times of a young enforcer who joins a minor league hockey team and kind of finds out a, a lot about the more toxic sides of locker room culture. The film is very unafraid to delve deep into some of the psychological and mental traumas as well as physical abuse of players that happens in locker rooms all across both hockey and other sports. It's a pretty dark film and one that definitely is not an easy viewing. While some have said that it's, you know, a lot about youth alienation and social issues, I actually think that because of everything that we now understand, Hell of Destroyer is actually more relevant than it's ever been. It is supposedly a very good film. As I've said, it's still on my list to see, uh, and it is a bit of a heavier viewing, but I think it's one that nowadays is probably more important for folks to check out. It's certainly on my list, and it's one that I remember actually hearing a lot of very good things about, even though the film itself is pretty dark and not exactly on the cheerier side. But, again, I think it's important for folks to understand that this stuff does happen on a pretty regular basis, even though a lot of it is outlawed. As we all understand, hockey culture, and generally speaking, sports culture, has a lot of work to do. There's a lot of progress that we still have to make, even though uh, there has been some progress made in alleviating and reducing the amount of bullying and hazing that goes on. But, all that said, I think it's uh, still a very good film from what I've heard, and I think it's one that I uh, definitely am going to prioritize to watch in the near future. But there you have it. It's a pretty pretty decent list of hockey-related films or straight-up hockey stories that you guys should all check out. And if you have any suggestions for films that I've missed or overlooked, please feel free to let me know in the comments, uh, either on my Twitter at HLLivingLoco or on the podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks again for listening, have a great one, and go Jets go!